what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Raheem Palmer, professional, better, an NBA analyst for the Action Network, Joe Delera. This is your Thursday workshop on Wednesday. Reminder, we do this on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. We break down tomorrow's lines today, getting you an insight on where these are. We almost always wind up with closing line value. We'll just wave a little flag that says closing line value because that doesn't mean you're going to win your bet. But at least over the long run, it's good to get that CLV. A reminder that everything that we talk about and all the picks that we wind up taking are available in the Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in, expert analysis, and so much more on the award-winning Action Network app. If you're listening to this on Thursday morning, it's a trade deadline day. We're going to be hosting a Twitter Spaces. We believe, pretty confident, that that's going to be at 2.30 to 3.30 on Thursday during the trade deadline. We'll be breaking those down from an actionable standpoint. So not the narratives and not what the cap is, but how do you bet these teams after those trades are made? It'll be the Action Network NBA crew. Check that out. You can follow that at NBA bet, twitter.com slash NBA bet. Follow me at HP basketball. Follow the Action Network account at Action Network HQ. All of that and more. Let's not waste any time. Thursday is the trade deadline. These lines are out. They're a little wonky. We're trying to figure them out. Raheem, let's start with you. What's your best bet for the Thursday slate? Going with the Milwaukee Bucks money line. This streak is ending for the Phoenix Suns. Look, they've been floating Ooh. off thin ice. I, look, I think I called their last the end of their last streak back in December. This one's ending tomorrow. When you look at the last two weeks, the Suns have been giving up 111 points for one of the possessions. This team is 22 and three in the clutch. And at some point, you're just not going to continue to perform at this level. They won 14 out of their last 15 games. They come off a four-game road trip in which they pretty much swept everybody. And they won a close game against the Sixers, where the Sixers kind of let them off the hook. I don't see that happening here against the Bucs. I think the Bucs are focused. This is the last game of their road trip, which they, they, they pretty much swept everybody. So I like the Bucs here. I, I think this is a real good spot for them to pick up this win. I'm going Bucks money line, even though the spread is plus two and a half. You got plus 125 on the money line, so you're getting a good quarter on that value. 45, 145 on DraftKings. Ooh, popped up at 145. That's even better. Uh, yeah. I can't go with you here, man. Like, the Suns are a buzzsaw. Here's the, okay, here's the problem. Um, your models, you, this is not going to be a model play. I know it's not because the Bucks aren't going to show out well enough in your model. What does your model have this at? 5.83. Okay, so they have it at, at, at I assume, Suns minus 5.83. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting two and a half points of value the other direction, three points of value the other way. And you're swinging from your model a full six points back the other direction. Now I get it. Like the bucks haven't been whole, but, and when they've been whole, like they're coasting, like I'm honestly, here's a genuine question. You, I I can't do this. You might want to build a metric that's honestly just built on the bucks in high profile national team versus good team spots. Like, when they yeah. exert themselves like they did versus the Lakers, right? That's like the kind of game I'm like, I almost feel like you have to like narrow it down and get and, and model them based off of only those games in which they are invested to care in order to get a sense of who they are. Like you're so far yeah. off of the model here, but I understand why it's just a matter of 
I don't understand the confidence in going all the way to the money line on this based off of where they're at. The Suns have been floating on thin ice to me. Like, okay. it's, there's only so many clutch games you can win. And when you look at their, the defense has truly slipped. Like, to me, they should have lost that game against Philly. And Philly was up double digits. And you know what happens when Glenn goes to these weird lineups where he just lets the other team back in the game. And you know when it comes to the Suns, if it's a close game, they're probably going to pull it off. But I, I don't think that applies when you're playing a Bucks team and you got to deal with Giannis, and you got to deal with Chris Middleton, you got to deal with Drew Holiday, who can really put the pressure on Chris Paul and make life difficult. Like they've been playing when you went 14 out of the last 15 games and just going through these games, the Sixers, they, they want a close game against the Sixers. They want a close game against the Bulls. They, they dropped the game against the Hawks, but it's just like, they're winning so many close games. And it's just like, at some point it takes a toll on you You're coming off a road trip. You first game home. You, they always say the first game home is the toughest game of the road trip. And I know they have some vets on that team and this is probably a revenge spot, but I, I like the bucks in this matchup. I, I just think they got a real good chance of winning this game. And I way I look at it like this. If the Suns don't lose this game, when are they going to lose again? They got the Magic, they got the Clippers, they got the Rockets, they got the Oklahoma City Thunder, got the Pelicans, they got the Jazz, they got the Blazers, they got the Knicks, and then they got the Bucks again. Were they not going to lose till March 6th? Maybe. Knicks got them. Maybe. Um, <laughs> last two weeks per clean the glass, the Suns are 11th in defense. I would not call that a significant slip. I would not go that far. Um, it, it, was a, it was a little bit worse a couple days ago. It was. Uh, Bucks last two weeks are 17th in defense last two weeks overall. I know, yeah. I know the numbers aren't going to bear it out, but I get it. I get it. I, I understand. I get why you're there. Like it's not you look, you're taking the Milwaukee Bucks. I get it. You are taking them on the road versus a very pissed off Suns team that is going to get up. Like they've fallen off defensively. Cause they're like, we can just outscore these teams, whatever. They're going to get up for this one, Raheem, you know, they're going to get up for this and they, one. And they're still going to have to slow down a Bucks team that's scoring 122 points per one possession over the last two weeks. That's true. That's true. All right. All right. Um, Joe, what's your best bet for the night? I wish we did this a little earlier because the line moved already. I like the Pelicans plus four against the Miami Heat. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, the Pelicans have been playing better. Um, They're 24th in the season in terms of point differential. But over the last two weeks, they're 12th. Uh, with a plus 2.6 rating and a big problem for them has been their offense. But now they just added CJ McCollum, who's supposed to play. I know it gets a little weird betting on teams where they just added a piece because we're not entirely sure how it's going to work. But I think that CJ, with the way his skill set is, he's such a good shooter. I like adding him here. Plus, I'm not sure. Maybe Miami tries to make a move and their roster is a little bit thinner on this game if they make a move earlier on Thursday. So I like the four. They're at home that over the past couple of weeks, New Orleans is making strides to be better. They're kind of health. They're finally healthy. And I feel like they're getting their actual lineup that was supposed to be playing besides Zion, of course. But I I like this team. I think they're coming up and they've actually been pretty solid against the spread over the past couple of weeks, beating the spread by an average of 3.2 points. So I like New Orleans here. I think this is a good spot to kind of buy them against a good Miami team. So the Heat on Wednesday moved Casey Akpala to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. What they really did in that exchange was they cleared up the ability to trade their 2023 pick, which OKC held and had protections on. They shifted the protections on that to allow them to be able to trade their 2023 first round pick. Um, Miami has floated around. They are willing to part with Duncan Robinson per sources. So Duncan Robinson and a pick will get you a pretty good player back. 
And if they do make a deal, it's not going to probably happen until Thursday. And so I, I like the kind of chess move here of taking a Pelicans team that's pretty good versus the Heat, who are really good, but might be shorthanded. I guess my question for you is this. Heroes off the injury report. They're not trading Jimmy Butler. They're not trading Kyle Lowry. They're not trading PJ Tucker. They're not trading Bam Adebayo. They're not trading Tyler Hero. If they got those five guys, don't they beat the beat the Pelicans? Maybe, but I, I don't know. Maybe they don't cover. Um, and I think that with the four points, I like this. I think that the the issue for New Orleans has been actually over the past two weeks, they have the fourth best defense in the league. They're allowing only 108.2 points. So I think that with this injection of offense with CJ McCollum, I like the I like their chances to at least keep up and keep this close. Uh, so I, I can see this being a little bit closer of a game than you know anticipated because I think that Miami with their record, you know, they're the first place team in the East. Like I'm looking at this line and I'm like, I think that this is like, like trappy to bet on Miami, you know, at minus four. So that's another reason why I'm looking at this. And I'm like, I think I like the Pelicans at the four. Uh, plus, like I've already seen it move from five to four within about 20 minutes. Um, so I think there must be some, there's probably some other sharp action on that line. I want to check one thing. I mean, this is a, these are two bull picks. I got Raheem fading the Suns at home. And I got Joe taking the Pelicans versus Miami on what's like a pretty short line, given the record differential. Cause like, I'm trying to figure out, I really am trying to like figure out the, yeah. the Pelicans. Cause it's like, you know, you can look at all like the recent stuff and all that, but I'm still like, man, they're 25th in adjusted net rating this season. Yeah. Like they no, are, and I get like, that. They are at some point, like they're just still like a bad team. I think with the, with the Pelicans, the thing that I'm struggling with is like, you're looking at Denver game you tend to think that that game said more about Denver than it said about the Pelicans. Yeah. Or they had the, the win against Detroit. It's Detroit. Is it really the Pelicans or is it these teams that they're playing? And it's tough to fade them against a, a, a Miami team where it's just like, all right. But like Joe said, it's kind of trappy. And I think yeah. that's where I'm at with this Suns and Bucks line. Every line tells a story. The Suns have won 14 out of 15 games. Why is the line only two and a half? The Miami Heat are supposed to be a championship contender. It's C.J. McCollum's first game. Why is this line only four? Matt, where do you have the power rating? So I've got it at uh, eight and a half. Heat minus eight and a half. I I have it five and a half. So I I guess they're saying that C.J. McCollum and and the new additions are bringing this line down. Don't you? You said this before. You like to fade those first games for the new additions, though, don't you, Raheem? Um, not necessarily new additions, but more so like coming back from injury. Okay. Fair. I, well, I mean, I think it's like, they don't know, like they don't know yeah. how to play together, Like these guys don't know. Yeah. They have no idea. They're like, yeah, their starters have been good though. Like they're on off like Ingram, yeah. Graham, Herb Jones, yeah. Valanchunas. They're all over a plus 10. In- but Josh Hart was part of that too. True. That's true. But he was not, he was actually not near. He was like only a plus 2.4. Okay. So um, I, I just think that this lineup, I think that this, it might be like an injection, like of, you know, energy, whatever, like you have to feel good about that. If you're playing for the Pelicans, you're like, they, they believe in us. They bought McCollum, you know, like they brought him over here. Um, I think this could be like one of those games where they just kind of will themselves into a situation as well. Like I get, and, and the plus there, I think they're a little bit better. They're better in transition, at least offensively compared to Miami's defense. So I think that they're, they have a chance here if they can get out and run, I think, to keep this, you know, keep this close or, you know, push Miami a little bit. All right. I got two spots I want to talk about um, specifically built around trades. The Memphis Grizzlies are 10 point favorites versus the Pistons. Detroit is 
not definite. They've sent mixed signals. I would say there's like a 50-50 chance Jeremy Grant gets dealt. And if Jeremy Grant gets dealt, I think there's other guys that go with him. Corey Joseph, I've heard, is also available. Like They will definitely take calls for Corey Joseph. I would not be surprised if Kelly Olenek also gets bumped off of there. So if the Pistons are shorthanded, Kate will be back. He's been clear to come back in this game. But I feel like maybe this is a soft spot for Memphis if they're short, if the Pistons are shorthanded based off of the trade. Like it's matchup. I'm never going to get the like a 10 with where Memphis is at because they're too bad in half court, Raheem. But on this, like I've got, I do have this at like, and hey, on power rating, I've only got the 7.8. My model's never going to like Memphis as much as it should because of the way that they're built. What do you have this power rated at? 12.1. Okay. So there's edge, there's edge on Memphis there. I think that's enough for me to lay the 10. I know it's a big, like Memphis usually doesn't lay a lot of this many. I get that they're on the road, but yeah. it's not a bad rest spot. I got a Detroit team. That's definitely, I'll also say this, like this is when Detroit's going to start transitioning to building for the draft, right? Like they're going to start maneuvering to tank. So if that's the situation. I kind of like Memphis here. They're still rolling. They're still hot. I'm not expecting a Memphis trade. I've heard nothing on Memphis. That makes me nervous sometimes if I don't hear anything but I've heard nothing on Memphis and it's like, like the local guys think it's a very strong likelihood. They keep the picks and just roll through the draft and make moves then that they're not going to disrupt anything right now. So if I got a full strength Memphis team outside Dylan Brooks versus the Pistons who might be missing Jeremy Grant and a few other guys, I will go ahead and I, I like getting in on this at 10 before guys are traded and it moves to 12 thoughts. Yeah. I don't hate that. I was I actually thinking about like, I'm not sure what, what it's going to be exactly, but I'm thinking their first half team total might be around like somewhere in the mid fifties. I could totally see them clearing that uh, against the Pistons because the Pistons like to, you know, the Pistons kind of run uh, at least a little bit. So I, I think that, you know, they're about mid mid range and pace. The Grizzlies play fast. I could see them like just pouring it on in the first half and then coasting in the second half. Um, and I think that maybe that helps you avoid that like big spread. You know, if we take like maybe a first half team total, it's probably going to be around what, like 55 with 10 point spread and 225 at the total. Yeah, I like that. I like that as well. I think when you look at Detroit's offense and it, they're like dead last in half court offense. And so it's like you're not going to have Jeremy Grant and maybe Corey Joseph. I, I think you're doing a bad way. Yeah. So I got one more for you, which is Clippers at Mavericks. This is not a rest spot for, or a bad rest spot for either team. Both are coming off of um, one day rest. It's Mavericks minus six. I've got this at 2.7. Raheem, I'm getting about three points of value on the Clippers. Clippers get Powell and Covington, so that boosts them up a little bit. I also would not be surprised if the Mavericks are missing guys. Uh, they've, they have talked about Dwight Powell. They're going to keep Brunson. I've heard that they've taken DFS off the table, but they are still looking to add and they are going to be aggressive over the next day in trying to add like one more guy, whether it's a big or whoever um, I could see them moving. And especially like they've got Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract to move. Now there's no loss on that for them, right? Like if he gets traded, like he's out anyway, there's no like, but they definitely will, won't have an extra guy. Um, they may have to move multiple players in order to make space. So, um, I like the Clippers here on the road. I know it's the Mavericks at home, which we've been a little bit worried about, but I kind of like Dallas or the Clippers who are a very smart team plus six versus the Mavericks. What do you think, Ray? I like that. And I think that, that, I mean, my model doesn't like it, but I just don't think it captures for who the Clippers are now. And 
I, I do think the line is a little high when you when you add in the fact that you got Norman Powell, gives him another ball creator. It gives him Covington. It just gives him another shooter. I think the biggest problem with the Clippers is that they struggle to score efficiently, but this is still one of the top tier defenses. So this is a deeper team than, than we've seen all year. I like it. Joe, do you yeah. like the Pelicans to win that game at all? I think they can. Um, they got a lot of three-point shooters, I think, now, especially with McCollum. I think with that variance, uh, you could definitely win that game. Um, I think it's possible. Okay. Man, there's a bunch of re- bad rest spots. I don't think I can put together a parlay tonight. I got one more, which is, Raheem, uh, your Toronto Raptors are on a third and four nights back-to-back versus the Houston Rockets on the road. Rockets will likely have moved Eric Gordon by then. Uh, Rockets are seven point dogs at home in this spot. I told you this before the game and or before our, our show and, and you had not realized it. The last 15 games, the Raptors are basically playing their starters 40 minutes. Both Siakam and FBV are playing 40 minutes a night and OG's playing like 39. Um, like the minute totals on these guys are is nuts. It's it's certifiably insane. I, I don't know why Nick Nurse has decided to go this route. It seems very surprising to me that Nick Nurse would be this and that the front office would be this into burning out your guys. But Siakam last last 15 games, 41.6. Now, some of this is boosted by the Miami triple overtime, right? Like that skews it yeah. a little bit. Even then, Siakam 41.6, Fred Van Vliet 41.5, OG 39. Scotty Barnes, a rookie, 37.7. Gary Trent Jr., 37.6. They're all north of 35 minutes per night on a back-to-back in Houston laying seven points. This is a bad spot, right? Yeah, definitely a bad spot. Okay. So I'm probably going to grab the Rockets plus seven and then be mad when they lose by, by eight. That's probably how this works. It's like, uh, because it's the, it's the Raptors and me. OG Ananobi is going to hit a three-pointer with like, no, it'd be, it'd be JTG. JTG will hit a three-pointer with 12 seconds left up eight, and then the Rockets will foul. That's how it's been. Um, all right. Yeah. We will have complete wrap-up of the trade deadline tomorrow on Twitter Spaces. Follow NBA Bet and Action Network HQ for that. We will have a post-trade deadline episode of Buckets for you on Friday, breaking down the actionable stuff from everything that goes on tomorrow. Make sure to keep tuned to Action Network and Action Network HQ on Twitter. We'll have uh, written analysis of all the deals, all that more. I'll have a trade update tonight, probably that I'm recording this on Thursday. We'll have one of those up tonight, recapping what I've heard going into Thursday's deals. Make sure to follow Joe and Raheem in the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. Enjoy the trade deadline. That time, let's get buckets.